Hey, bookworms, do I have a deal for you? Right now, the Flight Attendant Joe series is available on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo. That's fasten your seatbelts and eat your fucking nuts. Flight Attendant Joe and I'm Just Here for the Layovers, available on ebook and paperback. And here's a little secret that I don't want you to tell anyone, all right? This is just between us right now. Each ebook is only $2.99. I know, I know. But I did not fall and hit my head. I know exactly what I'm doing. And each one is $2.99 right now. The Flight Attendant Joe series, available on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo. If you're looking for an inappropriate laugh, I've done all the work for you. All you have to do is sit back, read, and enjoy. If you enjoy listening to the Grounded with Joe Thomas podcast, please consider becoming a patron today. Visit www.patreon.com slash Grounded with Joe Thomas. There's multiple tier levels and each one of them comes with access to the Friday Debrief, which is a short little podcast episode I record on Friday mornings for patrons only. Of course, the podcast is always going to be free on all your podcast apps, but if you want to become a supporter and a patron of the podcast, you can. Just visit www.patreon.com slash grounded with Joe Thomas. Hey guys, Joe Thomas here. Are you like me? All summer long, I've been just anticipating and excited about the idea of traveling again. I just want to get out. I want to do something. I don't, when my husband asks me to go check the mail, I'm excited. Okay. I think just getting out of the house and doing something is the most exciting thing right now. I am so thrilled about the idea of being able to travel again that I'm planning my vacations out until 2025, just so I could look at them on a piece of paper and have something that I can look forward to. If you are right there too, and you're excited about travel, I want you to check out Robert and Edgar from The Getaway Guys. I have known Robert for over a decade, and he is very passionate about getting you the best deal for your vacation. They cater to airline employees, their parents, and airline retirees. And I don't know if you know this, but I am an airline retiree. And I'm going to be checking out their website when it's time for me to book my next vacation. They can get great low interline rates with no booking fee. No booking fee. Ladies and gentlemen, that means all that money that you would have been paying for a booking fee is just cash in your pocket, in your wallet, in your purse that you could spend when you're traveling and exploring and having the adventure of a lifetime. And LGBTQ plus travelers, I fall into that category as well. They're authorized sellers of Vakaya, Atlantis, and RSVP vacations. They're a one-stop shop. You could do everything on their website. Hotel, flights, car rentals, vacation packages. I want you to follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Getaway Guys Travel, and then go over to their website, thegetawayguys.com, and start looking for your next adventure because they're going to be there ready to book it for you. Again, that's thegetawayguys.com. Check them out now. Please do it. You deserve it. Everybody and welcome to episode number 56 of the Grounded with Joe Thomas podcast. Today I have one of my favorite, okay, not one of my favorite. My favorite guest is on the show today and it is my husband and I'm so glad he's sitting across from me. Hey, Schmoopy. Hello. Hello, welcome to the office. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. You know, this music is only a minute long, uh-huh. but when I'm talking with you and we're doing, I didn't even turn it down, when we're doing it, 
It just seems like it's like a seven minute song. And when I record it with other guests prior, yeah. it just seems like it goes by so quick. Like the music is still playing. So you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good song. It's a good song by yeah. Sarah Ford. Yep. Sarah Ford, who created this song, Sarah but I'm excited that you're here today. Episode 56. Wow. I know. I, wow. I feel like I'm starting to slow down though. Like I, over the summer when, and the music's over, when over the summer when I was doing two episodes, I felt really more engaged in it. Oh, I yeah. felt like, wow, I have to constantly be going. I constantly be going. Now that it's dropped back down to one episode a week, I'm not, I'm almost, I don't have, there's, there. that spark isn't there anymore. I feel like. Really? Oh yeah, I got to do a podcast episode. So you like the momentum of doing it at a higher cadence of doing more episodes, keeping you busier, keeps it on your attention and it keeps you excited about it. Is that what you're saying? It motivates itself in kind of a, a virtuous circle. The yeah. more you do it, the more you want to do it. Yes. Yeah. I, I agreed. Yeah. So it's like when it's two days a week, you're like, okay, oh my God, I got to record this episode and then I have to get it ready. And then, oh my goodness, I'm ready for this next episode. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's constant. And now that I've gone back to once a week and you know, I do the Friday debrief for the patrons, but, um, I feel like I'm losing my momentum for the podcast yeah. and that's the first time I've said it out loud. Well, you know, you're making up for it and you're writing your fourth book. I know. Well, yeah. And you've been doing a lot of work on that in focus. So, you know, you're putting a creative energy. Um, else you're directing it into something productive regardless. So I think it's okay. Right. Because you're, yeah, you're taking on new projects, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're doing a lot, but I, I just don't know if, you know, I love the idea of doing a podcast because I love talking to people, but it's been, you know, we're going, I'm going into I'm episode 56, going into the 11th month of it. And it seems like the, the momentum is slowing down mm -hmm. and, and by momentum, I mean my desire to do it. Interesting. Because, well, you know, I have a lot, of, you well, know, you've school. been getting interesting people. Oh, I know. You continue to get no end of interesting people. To oh, I to. know. And it's I'm very it's impressed so by exciting. I, I'm, I'm amazed how that still hasn't run out nine months later. When did you start it? January, February? January 14th January. was episode yeah. one. So we're nine months in. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I yeah. said 11. You've had no <laughs> problem keeping people, interesting people coming on a regular basis. And I think that's awesome. Well, and I want to thank them because first of all, it takes a lot to, if you've never been on a podcast, it takes a lot to come on and share your story, but I'm just right. lucky. I think though, if I wasn't who I am, I would have ran out with guests. I would have ran out of guests by like June, but like, well, you have a way of getting people to share very yes. personal information. So some of these stories and interviews you do are very intimate. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I know. And very people personal. are very open about it, which yeah. I think is fascinating. But like take Jane, um, Jane, James Dean. Okay. Oh, Maybe my edible and my mimosas oh, yeah, are kicking one. in. Jason Dean yeah. didn't even know him um, yeah. three weeks ago. Yeah. And then when we were all camping and everyone was, you know, social distancing and sitting around their chairs around our camp, everyone seemed to kind of come to our area, which was interesting because our camper, we're the new, we were the newest people. 
Yeah, yeah. But our camper kind of looked like a, oh, where we met, a front Jason. yard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just happened to be like, oh, where are you from? Oh, what did you do in Wichita? You were in a gay conversion therapy program? Oh, God, you have to come on my podcast. And he had such courage to make it, you know, to survive through that and be who he is now. I know. who he is. So those are great inspirational stories to share with people and great people we're glad to know. Right. Yeah. You know what it is? I'll be honest with you. It's... um. So, you know, I've been, I've been, and I've been thinking, I don't even think I've shared this with you, um, but, you know, I went off Facebook. So now I'm off Twitter and I'm off Facebook. And I had a situation that occurred last week with Instagram. I don't even know if you know this, but, oh, you do. But somebody um, started a page, started an Instagram page called Grounded with Joe Thomas oh, yeah. with an extra S and then yeah. like an underscore. And they started this new page and they... Whoa, whoa, oh no! <laughs> oh no! Shit! Oops. Well, that's okay. We're well, just gonna keep happen. going. Yeah. Can you just go grab a yep, napkin, I'll and I'm gonna right. just keep talking. So I spilled. <laughs> this is why you shouldn't have your mimosa by your six hundred dollar podcasting equipment. <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, while he's getting a towel, I will continue. I'm gonna move your drink here back here. Um, I went off Facebook a couple of weeks. Uh. Four weeks and two. It's been thirty days today. Oh my god! Hey, bookworms, if you enjoy do I have to a the ground? All right, okay, all right, we're back. We're back. Hold on, let me play this for a minute. All right, it was what some do 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 do, like oh. some spooky yeah, music. I don't have the headphones. So I basically um, spilled my mimosa all over the place, and I thought it would be okay, but it did not. It wasn't okay. It so went on your mixing board. It went on the mixing board. Um, so, but everything looks okay. I'm not having another cocktail. Matt moved his Manhattan over, which is a beautiful cocktail, yeah, by cheer, the way. Cheers for these drinks. Thank yeah, you. these that's are from your drink. new cocktail book. That is from my new cocktail book. These are from taking pictures. Well, let's hold that thought because I do want to go back to what I was speaking of regarding, you know, yes, I'm writing the book and stuff. I went off Twitter. I went off Facebook. So I decided to go off Facebook when Flight Attendant Joe ended, when I ended yeah. the, that brand, except okay. for this new book. Right, I remember. Um, but recently, uh, so I was just on Instagram and somebody started a new account. They, they started a fake account. It's almost like it's a bot account, but so they took on ground. They had everything like down even to the font. The Cause I have different fonts on my bio. They just copy pasted your bio. Oh, right. See that. That's that what bots sense. can do. Yeah. And, um, but not only did it do that. So some, I started getting like immediately people were just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm being asked to be friends with this. Even you were like, Oh God, they're so sending did they me take emails. it down. We no. did some reporting. No. So I was telling everybody to report it. I was telling everybody to block it. I asked Instagram. I sent them all the stuff to like, um, verify my page. So you get that little check. Oh, yeah. They refused to do it. They refused to take that other person's account down. Cause they said it doesn't violate Instagram's policies oh, but it's bullshit because not only well first what of the all fuck? they the this person whoever started this wherever they are because they were trying they were emailing people so what they did was they created that page then they started sending friend requests to everybody that follows the grounded with joe thomas page mm -hmm. and then not only and then these people were like oh i guess there's another page and then they started following it and then but the then it started sending them private messages like, hey, I have something to show you. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, you know, um, we're trying to sell this thing or whatever. Cause, yeah. And a friend of mine, Tim, um, 
he was fucking with them, not the Tim you know, another Tim, was fucking with them and saying like, Hey, are we still on tonight? I hope you don't have herpes. Like he was setting them on and they were like, LOL, but let's really get talk about what we really seriously need to talk about. Like it was some weird thing. So like, what did they want money from these people? I, who knows? Cause it doesn't get that far because people block them. But, um, this is so common though. I, it is. This but is so, but here's people. the thing. I sent Instagram a message and I was like, not only is this person started a page, but they're now they're impersonating me. And they're con sounds like they're conning people. Yes, out of money or something. And I'm like, I'm like, you need and and yeah, nope, nope. And I, I at least had twenty people report it. I emailed them over and over again. They haven't done anything. So now I have this really bad taste in my mouth with Instagram. Sure, like yeah, I don't blame you. I don't want to be on it. I. Well, all these social media, it's just the same fucking company. It's the same asshole. It is. It, it really is. I don't know why same. I'm shocked. Yeah, I don't know why don't I'm care. shocked. Yeah. I don't know why I'm acting like, do effort oh, Instagram's going to be better than Facebook. Your reputation. Yeah. 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 But, you know, effort. but I was like, everyone kept saying, oh, you've made it. You've made it. Somebody made a, you know, a fake account under you or whatever. Money. Have you asked, you should ask Dan what he did when that happened because he had a fake account about him. Dan, who dresses up in yes, the fancy. The oh, I should ask him. Because he had a fake account a year or two ago. And I don't know what how that ended. So. I'm going to send him a message. But they they just won't. I, I, I just think they tell you, oh, well, you're shit out of luck because you can impersonate people. Like, I'm so, I'm still frustrated about this. So now my thing is, well, fuck you, Instagram. Now I don't want to be on Instagram. So how do I continue a podcast, continue promoting it with no social media. Is that even a possible thing? Like I could move all my stuff to Patreon and then have, you know, patron only information and then patron everybody information. But I, I think that could be one of the things in my head that's making me slow down with the podcast. Cause I'm thinking, well, you know, if I go off Instagram and I'm not on any social media, is there a point in having a podcast? Well, unfortunately, yeah, you're right. I mean, not being connected to social media will limit your growth, I think. So you'd have to really rely on word of mouth and underground and people sharing you by email or, you know, you could still blog if you had people, you know, if you could still get your name out on other blogs and other platforms where your pieces of writing draw people to your podcast. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's going to be a lot harder. Almost impossible nowadays to uh, market anything without social media, which is what sucks. You know, yeah, and that, and, but the argument with that, I think, is back in the day when you couldn't, then there weren't. Not everyone was trying to be the the next Joe Rogan podcast or the next best photographer, or the best blogger. You know, now everyone is now anybody can be famous. Right. So you have to work harder if you don't want to be on social media. Yeah. 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 It's hard to stand out in podcasting. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, th it's so weird that you, you said it just like that. You can to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting that you just said that because I always, oh, uh, your drink is, is that my drink or you're probably my drink, my mimosa? Well, some of it's your mimosa and some of it's my, yeah. And it's like I'm on a turbulent flight and my, <laughs> my drink is spilling on my lap, but that's why I'm glad I wore sweatpants. It's yeah. Well, it's cold today. I'm wearing sweatpants too. Sweatpants, so At least care. you're not naked. Because that would have been right. interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, I, um, the, my detail, my, here's my thing. My distaste in social media has really escalated where now I don't even know if I want to be on Instagram. Now I'm like, all right, I got to figure out how to get off Instagram now because 
I really enjoyed Instagram. Oh, I'm sharing photos and I'm looking at other people's photos. It's not, I don't think, as political and and toxic as say Facebook and Twitter. But now that somebody started a new account and impersonating me and Instagram's like, yep, sorry, can't help you. That I do not, I don't like that. Yeah, I think, well, I think a lot of people are reflecting on the place of social media in their lives and they're questioning it. Um, and I think it's helping, you know, the we have this movie on Netflix, The Social Dilemma. Right. Which I think represents an inflection point in people's awareness. Um, you know, cause a lot of nerdy people like me were aware of these arguments for the last five, six plus years. Mm -hmm. Um, like when, um, Tristan Harris was at Google and he was talking this, um, and before that Jerome Lanier, but it's kind of hit a critical mass where everyone's seeing this movie now on Netflix. It's apparently like the number one now in other countries mm, and like yeah. India and all these other countries that are struggling with social media in their societies. Um, like we all are. But uh, it speaks to a lot of people, and we're all recognizing that this is just a machine for manipulating. Advertising. Manipulating our behavior. Yeah. 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 Manipulating you to do something. And not even through explicit advertising, but through the incentives given to just letting people anonymously post shit and reach billions of people have access to, to billions of people. Well, it can be so nonsense. dangerous because, yeah. well, look at um, look at the Trump town hall, which is so, here's an interesting thing. We watched the Trump town hall because we knew the Biden town hall was just gonna be normal, right? Yeah, that wasn't gonna be exciting. No, it's normal. That's what normal <laughs> politics, that's how that's normal- That's why I voted for him. I want it to right. be not exciting. Oh, we did vote yes. for him. Um, but we watched the Trump one because we wanted to see the train wreck, right? Right. Um, and a friend of mine, I tweeted, I sent it, I didn't tweet. I text a friend of mine and I was like, we're watching the Trump thing. He goes, oh, you're gonna make his numbers better. And he had less people watched the Trump thing than Oh, Biden's. I wanted to watch it like a like a, like a a wreck at a NASCAR race. <laughs> and it was. And it was, but yeah. Remember, remember <laughs> did not disappoint. <laughs> when, um, and I don't know, I can't remember all the details because really the Trump stuff just goes through my brain quickly and exits, but, um, Savannah was asking him about why he tweeted something that was that was an at, that was a lie, like it was a not true. And he goes, "Well, you know, I just put it out there and let people decide." And I just think in this day and age, that's so dangerous putting out lies like that. You shouldn't be putting out lies to say, "Hey, you want to believe this lie?" Yeah, I he's never know. felt responsibility. I don't know. For, um, share it for what he shares or what he says, or yeah. So, I don't think, but I'm think he's honest when he says he doesn't think deeply about this shit. He reposts. I think oh, yeah. he's honest about that. I, I think he doesn't look that deeply into these are critically. I think he just says these people like me and I'm going to reflect them because I want to support the people who like me. And he doesn't like think deeper about the represent what it means when he reposts some of these things he does that have threats in them or symbols that are of white supremacy or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's really aware of it. I don't think I think he's irresponsible in sharing it, obviously. Well, he's got like a child. But I don't think brain. he's being evil as a lot of people think he is like he's evil like the, in another yeah. way on another level, but yeah. Are you saying you don't think he's evil on that level because his brain can't even function that way? Yeah. He's not a good tactician in a lot of senses. Um, yeah. Well, I think but in other ways he is, he knows how to manipulate emotions and he's all about whoever. And I didn't want to get on a Trump conversation, no, I don't either. <laughs> but I will just say this, like, um, 
It's all about who likes them. Remember then when that woman stood up and she goes, oh, you're so handsome. Oh, you have such a beautiful smile. And she's a Democrat who's going to vote for Biden probably. But, you know, and he's just smiling and he's just oh, he eating loves it. it up. Yeah, and he loves it. So that's, that's the type the of- The narcissist loves that. It's, yeah. yeah, that's so interesting. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to, I really no, let's, yeah, I let's not want to waste let's any more to the orange time let's on Let's not him. waste our breath on him. He's yeah, yeah. dead man walking. But- well, you know, when you talk like that, though, I don't think, you know, I'm always, I'm always hesitant to or say, don't duck. get too cocky. Don't, you know, no, you're right. 2016, we were in Japan thinking, yay, we're going to have a female president. So I'm, whenever I see any polls, whenever I, if, when I see somebody like, oh yeah, there's no way he's going to win. I'm like, no, you guys are, you guys are going to be worse off than 2016. You have to really believe he could win. Yeah. 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 Um, but what were you talking about before? I think my edibles just well, kicked we were in. talking about social media, social media and the and devil. Thought, so here's what I thought it was interesting. Didn't, were we talking about this in the car yesterday or something about how, um, the, uh, Facebook won't allow QAnon posts. Is that right? Did you hear that? I did. So they're going to take everything out. That's about Q instead of saying, Oh, it's first amendment. We don't know. We're not going to look, they're actually going to actively remove them or, uh, or not reshare them or something. They're going to have, have some editorial control finally. Well, and I don't know, was YouTube included in that? Maybe, I don't know. I think they're all coming, well, Google's YouTube. Yeah, but, so. so if they could both do that, if they're doing that and we're at that level and like, thank God, finally, they're drawing a line somewhere. Why there? Like if you can get rid of the QAnon, you should be getting rid of the flat earth. You should be getting rid of the anti-vax. You should be getting rid of everything that's false, demonstrably false relating to reality and science. Because those things do at least as much harm to society. We're going to have to all take on this vaccine when it comes out. Mm -hmm. It's going to be not 100% effective. Everyone's going to say that means it's failure. It's not. Nobody has a statistical reasoning to accept that uh, you know we're, you should take it anyway, even if it's 60% or 70%. The FDA said a limit has to be at least 50% effective. Um, but we're going to have to have millions of people taking this thing if we're going to have a chance of not wearing masks again and going back to concerts and basketball games. But um, there's some, at least half or some large proportion of Americans are saying, I won't take a vaccine. I won't trust a vaccine. They question vaccines in general, and they question this vaccine specifically. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't like And any they don't like vaccines. Right. Yeah. So they question anything the government says you should do, which is why there's no trust. In it. So that's a problem. So if you think QAnon you can remove... Get rid of all this anti-vax shit. Well, then where the does it stop? Earth. Then all, okay, so the, so these things are demonstrably so false according to science. Do you science. think first the First Amendment freedom of speech? Get rid of creationism. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I agree yeah. with you on all these things. Yeah, but what I'm asking you is, do you think by you know, do you think posting sharing something on Facebook if you don't allow them, do you think that's taking away their freedom of speech? Absolutely not. When Facebook is actually a company and it can have its own rules. Well, that's exactly why, right? The yeah. First Amendment is about the government's uh, restricts the government from making rules about restricting speech. But these private platforms are not under no obligation to let you say anything you want on their property. You can't walk into a, a, a Walmart and start shouting white supremacist, anti-Semitic things. The manager is going to take you out of there. Right. Because it's Walmart's policy. Right. They don't want that happening in their place of business. Facebook can do the same thing. Right. And they should. And advertisers should require that of them. And we're starting, we started to see there was a, over the summer, a 
uh, boycott of a lot of advertisers from Facebook. Um, and I think it did kind of put and move the needle on their revenue for a quarter or something. Um, they'll just go back probably, but, uh, it was to get their attention about these issues. Mm -hmm. Um, my mind is now oh, losing. Fun. Shit. Oh no, oh, that's I so ran fun. Out of gas. Oh no. Oh no. Because you were using a lot of unnecessary words to tell your story. <laughs> well, it wasn't a story. But yeah, your explanation. I might be talking too much. No, you're fine. You're fine. But you know, you said like, get rid of QAnon. It's QAnon, right? Yeah. QAnon, flat earthers. Yeah. You know, the people who think that airplanes are poison, the airlines are poisoning right, right, the world. Right. But where do you stop? I'm an atheist. I don't believe there's a man in the sky. So should we stop letting Christians promote things? Like, where's the line? Because in my mind, I don't believe there's a man in the sky. So when I, I could easily say, well, I don't believe Hollywood's eating babies and I don't believe there's a man in the sky. Get rid of all that. Well, there's a room for fable and, and spirituality and, um, mythology a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. there's, you can talk about Zeus and spring, you know, Roman mythology and Greek mythology and right. But when you're making specific claims about scientific reality of your daily life and your decisions as a person mm -hmm. that affect the health and well-being of the community, vaccination is something that is demonstrably false and should right. be opposed, right? Um, creationism. I think treat it one and one hand saying there's this story in the Bible is one thing and, and that's fine. But to say, therefore, We've dug up fossil evidence and carbon dated things and it's all false and it's all a scam. And we know that science isn't real. Yeah. Those are dangerous claims to make because those remove, uh, put doubt in people about the process of science itself and about our ability to know things about the world and nature. And I think that's dangerous. And that's why you get the, that's why these anti-vax people can exist. They probably got C's in science class and didn't think it was serious and never thought about it again. And didn't understand that science isn't a set of facts about photosynthesis and Newton's law. It's actually a print, a, a set of principles of how you evaluate information and, and discover things about the world. Hmm. That's what the essence of science is. And that should be taught to, we were talking about something about, um, Oh, statistics or probability yeah. the yeah. other day. And I was like, they should be teaching these things starting in elementary school. So kids can have more of a critical, you know, so important idea. We, yeah, we shouldn't be turning kids into calculators of, you know, you, you obviously know your multiplication tables or whatever, but you need to learn an intuition for how to deal with uncertainty in the world. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point in your maturity, you can start to digest this. And we don't emphasize it enough, I don't think, in education of, of children. Yeah, to most think adults critically. Have, most adults handle statistical information very poorly and handle probability very poorly. You know, we were talking about it because of the, the polls. Oh the yeah. Yeah. Election and how people were so, Oh, I'm mad at the polls. Oh, they told me wrong. They told me Hillary was going to win. Right. No, they did a hundred percent. No, they didn't. They told you Hillary had a 70% chance of winning. Uh, but then I, Oh, Oh, that was what it was. It was, she had a 70 to 99% chance winning, but everyone took that as a hundred percent. Right. And we are, and that's how our minds often make decisions. We think if we're more likely than not to do something, right. It's as good as we're doing it. Right. If, it's if, as good as the other side, whatever, side of the scale that is. We just, just take it as it's between zero to one. If right. it's just a little over a half, we'd take it as one. But that's not true. And sometimes that outcome happens that's unlikely and it has a total effect and it's binary. We can, it's either Hillary or Trump. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, we were just on that tippy edge and the unlikely thing happened. Is it also like when you check the weather, you're like, oh, 20% chance of rain. I'm not going to bring my raincoat. Boom, it rains. And you're like, fuck, it's only supposed to be 20%. Yeah. And what you need to realize is that what you did is you made a gamble at that point by bringing your raincoat or not bringing your raincoat. You said, I accept a 20% expectation that I'm going to get wet. Right. But that 20% is still a chance because they didn't say zero. Right. It's a gamble. Like all these, there's all these probabilities and gambles we make in our daily life with all of our decisions. Every, a lot of decisions we make are a gamble about something. We're making yeah. a bet of some outcome because we expect it to happen. Right. But it's not always certain. Where we do one thing, direct our attention to one thing and not another, or our money, or our time, or our resources. And we're making a bet every time we do that kind of decision. Our lives are full of decisions about probability and what we should use our, what, what outcome we'll get for our actions. Right. Yeah. I, um, I, I wish I wouldn't have spilt my mimosa because it was so tasty. Um, but you are drinking one of the cocktails that I made in my new book and you've been helping oh, me with photos. What is that? You're, you're drinking the classic Manhattan. This is the Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know how to make a Manhattan myself. It looks very simple, but I it's, think it's not. No, it's the simple. It's, it, I, it's the what? easiest. If I can make it without how even looking at the recipe, is it? it's um two. What? Yeah. Two ingredients and then a cherry. Wait, a cherry and whiskey. So cherry is the third ingredient. Oh, okay. There's what, what's sweet the vermouth in it. How much? One ounce. That's a lot. Two ounces of, yeah, two ounces oh. of, of whiskey, one ounce of sweet vermouth, and you pop a cherry in it, and then you're done. And it's the classic. No bitters? Manhattan. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm lying. I don't even. I'm lying. Oh, my God. I'm over oh, here there cocky. Is yeah, there's okay, bitters. That's what I thought. Is it, uh, which kind of bitters did you use for Ang this one? Angostino? Or yeah, Angostura. Yeah. Angost I see? Listen, I'm writing a book about cocktails, <laughs> and I don't know anything. <laughs> How is this happening? But it's delicious. You put this into my, you this is good. started this. I love it's that terrible. we're at the, I've been actually waiting for this point in your book process to take the pictures because that means we get to make the drinks again. Oh. <laughs> and they're good drinks. And yes. it's fun to make them. It was fun when you were making them up. Which was like in April. Right. And it's now And I've October. waited a long time to see the all the drinks again. Well, because the drinks, it, it was kind of like a, a, a short story sandwich because you start the drinks and the... You know, and then you get into the short story writing, and that's the big, big chunk of it. Yeah, that was and a lot then of work. you do photos, and then you get to do. But yeah. the photos have been very stressful for me. You're so doing I'm, great, I'm, though. You're 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 doing awesome. Um, yeah, but These you know, look great so far. I I have so much imposter syndrome that. Way in the back of my brain, I'm like, oh, these are going to look like shit. This is going to be terrible. Who are you think you are? I think it's very cool that you are doing the depth of things that you're doing to make this book happen. You're a writer of stories. So you know how to write a book and write stories. I, yes. You extended yourself into becoming a cocktail expert. <laughs> and now you've learned all these great cocktails. And now you have to learn and you have to be a photographer and take food, like do still lives, basically. Yeah, that's and uh, stressing me out. It's very cool. And then you're going to put all these things together and it'll be, it'll be like a one man show. You yeah. You've done it all yourself. I guess that's an interesting, yeah. No one would expect that the author took the pictures and did everything. Maybe I should charge books. more. No. <laughs> well, you should give yourself, I think you should give yourself a photo credit. I think I will. I'm going to be like everything from the first page to the last page. 
is by me. But it's going to be a different experience and it's going to be a different book because it's going to be smaller. It's going to be thinner. Um, it's going to have f colored pictures in it. It's um, it's very, you yeah. know, when, well, when I say all that, it sounds very exciting. But when I'm in it, I'm like, oh, my God, can I just get through this? Because that's how it is when you're writing a book. The closer you get to the end, the more patience you do not have for it. I'm sure. Yeah, it's a it's like a marathon, right? It's like yeah. running a race. Yeah. I'm always happy right in the middle. Because mm -hmm. when you first start, it's like, oh, how do I get this started? But when you're in the middle, you're going, you're like, okay, I know that I know what this one's gonna look like. I got this story, this story's yeah. gonna go here. And then at the end you're like, Oh God, now you gotta put it all together. I just want it to be over with so I can move on to the next thing. Right. Well, you you have a lot of work at the end that takes short amounts of time, I think. That demands different skills, right? To put the book together and edit it and format it and get it out, that I think that makes it seem a little daunting. Yeah, because you can't feel like you have momentum because you're changing your skills of what you've got. Now you're now you're taking pictures, right? But you then writing tomorrow I have pictures. to run back and work on edits, yeah. and then I have to go yeah. back. Yeah, changing gears. That's you know, hard. One of the best things about being an indie author is you get control of everything. You don't get, of course, you don't get the New York Times bestseller list and you don't get the publishing company putting your book everywhere. But the one, but what I do know is I wish you could have both. I wish as the writer and the author, it could happen. You could have control of the book, everything, you know, but that's not the way it is. The publisher's like, okay, we don't like this chapter. We don't like this chapter. We don't like how this works and we don't like the cover and blah, you know, and, and, you can see how constraining that is. On the other for hand, they're taking, they're taking a lot of decisions away from you that you're using, that you're doing about yourself. You have to make those decisions too. And so, in a way, you're get you're removing the stress of that. They oh. can do the editing and the style notes, and then you and just the cover work on art, and you're just the writer. Yeah. yeah, wouldn't that be nice? I guess that does sound nice. But um, and they'd probably hear you if you said do this, change this color to blue. Well, I'm sure like Stephen King gets to pick the yeah. cover of his books or he doesn't do them, but there's an illustrator and he picks them. But when you're new, it's it I it's different in the publishing world. So I kind of always was like, God, I would love to just walk into a Barnes and Noble and see my book. But who knows if bookstores are going to last forever? It could be everything's on Amazon and whatever. Well, so. I think when you go into a new skill like this, I think it's good that you did it the hard way first. So even if someday you end up with all the fancy things of a publisher and an editor and all these things that you don't have to do in the artwork and the photographer, and uh, at least you know how it is to do it and you know what it's like to do it and what it, what can be done and what's hard to do. And yeah, you know, the experience and you can give technical notes. I appreciate it's, that. You know, being an indie author is kind of like you, you're building your house by yourself. You're building the entire house by yourself, right. everything. Right. And then as you get, you know, older and more money or whatever, then you start having people do the things for you and you're just focusing on decorating it. It's kind of like the same thing, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. But and now, you, if you had to fix it, you know, you could because you know what yeah. it's like and how it works. And well, I want to be an editor. You know, when I, that, I'm going to school so that I can get that bachelor's degree in English, so I can further writing, but also be an editor. Yeah. Maybe start my own editing business. Oh, you're writing a book? Yeah, I'll edit your book. You know, whatnots yeah. and 
you know, I want to teach English, which is funny because I could barely speak it properly. But you'll also know what it's like to be a self-publisher and you could even advise people on that. Yeah. Oh, look at that. So that, that itself is a skill because you know how to navigate all these right. problems of getting artwork done and yeah, how to get it printed. Yeah. You know, it, that that takes me right back to social media. Like you're, you imagine imagine having a company. Imagine when I get out of school, I have this company where I'm I'm an editor, but I help sell people self publish their books because there's a lot of behind the scenes, and some people just don't probably want to deal with that. Sure. Um, and oh fuck. But you could help them. You could be uh, a consultant. Right. Yeah. But that's not where I, I was. Oh. I was going somewhere else and regarding social media, social media. So, you know, even if say I don't fly to tenant Joe, I don't have this podcast. Even when I started, say I started that business of editing and helping people self-publish. How do you market if you're not on social media? You know, back in the day, it was like you right. had a laundry store here and everyone in the neighborhood went to your laundry store and kept you in business. But in 2020, it's you need everyone around the world. To help well, you. That's where people's attention is now. We've that's gone from a neighborhood to the you world. You have to go where the people are. And everyone's looking at their phones and looking at Facebook. You gotta go where oh the eyeballs God. are. I just had this amazing thought. We went from this is where the edibles working. We went from being a neighborhood society where you knew all your neighbors, you know yeah. everybody in your neighborhood, you know everything about them, to a society where we don't know our neighbors. Um but we know people around the world. And I don't know if our brains were able to develop that quickly from going from neighborhood to world. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Do you, are you feeling? Oh, no, I, I understand. I've thought a lot about that concept. Yeah. And you're right. You're, that's very perceptive of you. Yes, that's Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Our brains don't know how to handle it. I read a whole book about that called um, Moral Tribes, mm. which I recommend. Okay. It's about exactly that topic, how we have an intuition for looking out for ourselves for survival. And then it's easy for us to think about our immediate family and our children and maybe sacrificing for our kin, you know, mm -hmm. in a situation to take care of our household. Right. And then it's a little bigger step, but we can do it. Worrying about your neighbor in a small community. Mm -hmm. But this suddenness now, we have to care about people in a 300 million American society of all kinds of people. How do you do that? In different lifestyles. Your, our brains, we don't have the software yet. We're, we're still running the caveman software. We are, and yeah. yeah. And, and some more than others. <laughs> we haven't caught up. It's, and that, that book is all about that. And it has a lot of, it focuses a lot on trolley problems. But it's a good book about morality, actually, mm -hmm. and moral reasoning. Um, yeah, moral tribes. I think it was in, I can't remember. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was the book Sapiens. Mm -hmm. I never got through it, the whole either. book. Um, I would love to, but that it, guy is very smart. I love hearing him on podcasts. Oh, I love I've hearing never, him. You've all know all. Um, yeah, listen to him on podcasts. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. Is he on his own, or is he just on other people's? Well, he's, oh, he, I don't know if he has one. I've heard him on Sam Harris. Everybody um, has. I think one. he's on Rogan. We should probably we could probably watch him on Rogan. If Grumpy Cat was alive, yeah, I would I would pull him up podcast. on Rogan. Yeah, right. um, he's good. Good to hear talk. He's very smart. What was I saying? We were talking about sapiens. Sapiens. That we humans, we're, we can only n honestly know 100 people or like 150 people. Like, right. Because that was the kind of 
the size of tribes back when we were cavemen and up, yeah. up. like 100 to 150 was a tribe, a village or whatnot. Yeah. And you moved around. Yeah. So that, so our brains can only know that many people technically, like, like if there was no social media, I could probably think of a hundred people I know. Yeah. I might not have talked to them in 30 years, but I know them. Um, and today, you have people that have 5,000 friends on social, on Facebook, on your personal Facebook page, some people. And you're like, there's, there's literally no way that you could even know all those people. You'd no, get, you'd get no. bored by 700. No. <laughs> you'd be like, yeah, I'm done. I don't know all these people. No. So our brain, like, it's so fascinating. When you think about that, like t things have happened quicker than we can catch up. Well, and my problem with that is that we say, oh, they're my friend. They're my friend on Facebook. I have 700 friends, 700 friends. On we devalue the word friend when we do that. Sure. Because now there's no distinction. I'm your friend. Oh, how do I know I'm your friend as in uh, we were roommates well, in college and I've known you for 20 years versus uh, you're my friend because we connected on Facebook because I bumped into you last weekend. You know, we're friends. Oh my God, like we've, there's no we've watered level. down the we've watered the down the word word friends. And when we water down our language, it waters down. I think the thing that we're talking about. I think the oh. semantics matters. We've watered down the meaning like of friendship, the value of it. Because I've said that I've said like when I was on Facebook thirty days ago, I'm clean thirty days. They should actually somebody. Need, oh my God, am I the one who has to come up with like? Facebook anonymous where I give out buttons or something to yeah, people who make it. Idea. I have to write this down right Facebook now. Anonymous. Facebook anonymous, because let me tell you when I shared on Instagram that I was leaving Facebook, I had at least five people who I don't know who follow the page, send me a message and say, Oh my God, I've been off Facebook for two years. It's the best thing. Oh, I've been off Facebook for six months. Oh, I went off a year ago and I've never gone back. Like, like, it's almost a community of people. Oh, Jesus, I keep hitting this microphone. It's a community. It's so weird because it's this community that doesn't like Facebook. So they're on Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. Right. It's, the it's same thing. too yeah. much. Well, it's, it's the user experience is different. I think I can see how Instagram is less triggering. I don't know. Instagram doesn't seem to connect you. It doesn't have that group feature. There's not as much cross discussion about things. Yeah. I don't know. The people don't reshare as much on Instagram. It's harder to reshare. I can't yeah. just reshare things. Facebook is full of, you know, everyone's parents is resharing something. Well, on Facebook. <laughs> well, on Instagram, it's the new too, mail forwarding. On Instagram, you look at Instagram on your phone, I think. So the picture is so prominent. So you're going to just be looking at photos. Yeah. A lot of people are on Facebook on their computer. And or even on their phone, but there's a lot of text. People are Facebook reading invites things. dialogue, I think, and cross discussion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but the yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but you're still supporting the same company. Yeah, if I you know, believe morally that Facebook that. is wrong, then with Instagram, um, as long as you watch it, um, you're still supporting the company. So they're not really learning a lesson. They're just you've moved your attention from one of their products to another one of their right. products. But there's so many things too. It's, it's, I just, you know, after I've, I decided to go off Facebook before I watched the social dilemma and I wanted, because I just, a, a friend of mine on Facebook was just constantly posting neg shit about Trump and I get it. I fucking hate Donald Trump so much. 
And I get it, but I mean, Jesus exhausting. Christ, it was so exhausting. And we're all preaching to the choir in our own echo chamber. Right. You, and he's probably filtered out all of his anti-Trump friends a long yes. time ago. So. And so it was just like every day I would just be like, all right, let me go on Facebook. And I would scroll and it was just like, boom. And like I like I said, I despise, I hate Donald Trump. But at some point I'm like, okay, I, I, I know he's a horrible human being. I don't need to see any more. I, I don't need to see everything he said on Twitter. I don't need to know who he's insulted every five seconds. See, that's what's bad about our mental well-being. I just don't appreciate the level of attention I have to do to every five minutes. Trump did this. Trump did that. Yeah, it's too much. That's, a, that's, a, that's what offends me. I want a boring, low maintenance presidency. I know, and that we just s- functions. Look, it's almost like a gravitational pull. We go right back to Trump. We're yeah. talking about him, and he just survived but, by um, making tabloid headlines happen. Yeah, and that's how. And that's, yeah, we've that's, been living that way for four yeah, that's years. That's true, yeah. but I, um, I, I just I don't want to be on social media. Yeah, I think that is the end game. Is that I don't want to be on social media. So how do you, how do you live a life in twenty twenty? When everyone else is on social media, um, one of my dearest friends was like, could you go back on Facebook so I can know what you're doing? Like, like everyone is, that's, can where, do it. that's, it's where, easy. that's where they get all their we information were doing that, from. Uh, 10 years ago or 12 years ago. We did it. We lived. You texted people. You talked to people. If I you emailed this... people, you made arrangements on email. Right. You sent them pictures on your last vacation and email or emailed a link to an album. There's ways to talk to people and stay connected. Are you just caught up with them in person next yeah. time? You don't need to be, here's my problem. I don't need to have a continuous stream of information about all the people I know. I can go see you if you're a friend of mine uh, once every three weeks, three months, three years. And when I see you, let's catch up and we'll talk about whatever it was. I don't need a constant stream every day i'm going here for lunch and right are you um oh my goodness do you are you somebody who can manage your social media intake on your own do you get caught up in it like say because i know you're on facebook and it's for two specific pages you follow now do you go to facebook and do you look at those pages and then you're gone or do you get sucked into oh let me scroll and see what's going on oh yeah on. it's very addictive yeah i get sucked in and yeah. i was watching today about like my high school class reunion <laughs> page there's a lot of people i don't remember half those people that's what i was thinking when you said we know 150 people uh-huh. i think of that as like short-term working memory you know there's only so many things you can hold in working memory at that's one like moment. your short-term memory yeah that's why you can remember like a seven digit phone number but you couldn't remember an 18 digit phone number you know uh-huh. So there's, I think there's that about people when you say 150 people. I think those 150 change over your life. Okay, yeah. And sure, the 100 yeah, people I knew in high school that would have made my world, I probably would have recognized 80% of those people in that list. I probably recognized 30% of the people in that list. Do you? Oh, yeah. Of my high school class, yeah, right. or less. That's interesting. How yeah. many How many it's do you think so showed up for the reunion? Um, maybe a dozen. I oh, don't no. know. The pictures. Oh. I didn't see a lot of pictures. I don't know. I didn't see all the pictures. Well, twenty years. That's a. That's a good. That's a. It, it was very informal. Nobody's traveling still. They postponed it a few months. They just went to some bar, and hung out. It wasn't really organized. The, you know, the best part was last night when you said, "Can you imagine if we went to this?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like looking at the photos. I was like. That looks like my old my old life. That's what I would hang out with the same people in Florida and do that. We'll just say it's not something you'd travel cross country for. 
Right. Or even half across the country. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. It's okay. You didn't even mention the high school. I mean, it's That's fine. Okay. Yeah. I never went to any of my reunions because I didn't care. Yeah, I don't Because either. I didn't like them then. Why the fuck would I like them now? Oh, no. There were a few nice people, but none of them... Uh, no, some of them. Yeah, some of them did go to the... Yeah some of the yeah, some of my closer friends, maybe one of them. I don't know. Yeah. Most of the folks, that, a lot of the folks that I remember um, probably didn't go to the reunion. Well, the reunion, like I said, travel was restricted. So it was really just people who stayed close to that town. You would have walked in like, I'm gay and I'm a vegan. Hi. <laughs> That's like the guy this on Shit's Creek. This is my husband. You make me sound like, what's his name on Shit's Creek? <laughs> David. Yes. Ew, David. Yes. I mean, he would have been like, hi, class of, class of 2000. I'm mad. I'm gay and I'm a vegan. This is my <laughs> husband and our two cats. <laughs> we brought the cats to the back deck bar in, in Brevard County. <laughs> yeah. well, the top restaurant is a hot dog oh restaurant. Oh, my God. You know, I didn't, you know, I shouldn't say I didn't like them in high school, but not many, maybe two. Do you, so remember when we were talking about knowing people? Yeah. This idea just popped in my head. Do you think like, so say, go back to kindergarten. Say like from kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth grade, you had a friend and you guys hung out and you, that was your best friend for four years. Mm -hmm. Mine was Marilyn Santos, even though she knocked the blocks down in kindergarten and blamed me. She was in my class, kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade. Like she was almost like my elementary school sister. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and then I moved and then I never talked to her again. Mm -hmm. Do you think I know her? Right now? Yeah. Do I know her? I know her. Because I knew You're, her sure, once. Sure. You know who she is. Well, there's a distinction. You have to define what that means. Well, she doesn't know me because I found you know her on Facebook. Exists. You know who she is. I found her on Facebook. <laughs> And I sent her a message like, oh, my God, we were in kindergarten in the fifth grade together at Parkville Community School. Um, I'm Joe. I was Joe for I, like, went through my whole list of names and all that. And she never responded. So she obviously did not remember me, which is kind of painful. I don't know if necessarily. Um, I've had people in my past who just don't respond when I try to reconnect. And it puzzles me because I think we were such good friends. And that that's weird to me. But I think that happens for some people. They don't want to. I don't know. Oh, no. It makes me think I had a different reading on the relationship. No, it has to do with, I think, with if you were really good friends with them and they just stopped talking to you, but they just married someone new, it's probably not the friend. It's probably the, it's probably the relationship that they're in now. What do you mean? I'm talking about Barb. You know, she was, you guys were really close until she met that guy and then got married and then she kind of fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. So it had nothing to do with you. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, it had nothing to do with you because you guys were the same. You guys weren't the factor that changed things. It was the right, gentleman. Right. And sometimes no matter if you're gay or not, a, a guy's like, I don't want you hanging around with a guy all the time. Or now, now you have kids, you're too busy. So I don't know. I've all, you know, this, that's like a 15 or that happened like 15 or 16 years ago, a long time ago. But I know it's something that's always sat with you. Like, what did I do? And I want you to know you did nothing. Oh, I know that. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. I don't think that's, no, that's not where I'm going there. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. 
I'm not worried about that. Oh, okay. But it makes me think, was this person not that invested in the relationship? That doesn't mean they you did some you don't have to do something wrong to turn them off. Right. But perhaps you weren't as compelling in the first place for them to stick around and have your attention. That's more what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they weren't as committed as you were. Right. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But I've also heard of stories where people do meet someone and then you're not, they've changed and then your friendship yeah. has changed. Yeah. Sometimes you don't talk to the person. Oh, you know, they, people change, you know, seasons change. Now I'm singing expose songs. Oh, I miss having a drink. This is um this has been a great week by the way I don't think we've uh, happy 15th wedding anniversary. Oh yes, happy anniversary. 15 I know, years. That's Cheers. very exciting. Cheers. We have no drinks we to don't cheer. We have no drinks anymore. Um we should take a pause and make some cocktails. But it's been a great 15 years and here's 15 to 15 years. more. I hope so. And 15 more after that. Well my god, I will probably be dead. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why do I always get so dark? I don't know. I don't know, but 15, you know, it's, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but when I think of 15 years that I've been with you, I, um, I just want to tell you that being with you has been the safest time of my entire life. And I have always worried that people were going to hurt me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm finally at a point now where I'm not afraid that you're going to hurt me. Oh, I don't think of it anymore. I don't think, yep, here it comes. It's going to happen. Like that doesn't happen anymore. Aww. So thank you for. Ooh, for that was a lot me. of work. It only took 15 years. Wow. Yeah, That's it all it took. 50, well, you know. Man, that was nothing. I, well, <laughs> I mean, I had, I had a lot of damage. I have a I lot know, of trauma. So, you know, but no, I'm not saying today, but I, know. I would say in the last few years, I have felt very um, safe, oh, very secure, yeah, good. like without any worry. Um, and I've never had that in my entire life. So I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, you changed my life. You I, I always, life. I, well, of course I did. I mean, hello. <laughs> but no, I've always thought that I, 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 I shouldn't say that I've always thought that that has been something that's been a recurring thought in my mind. I would say for the last at least two years where I'm like, uh, Oh, Matt saved me uh, because I look at the people that, I hung out with before I met you when I was in my twenties mm -hmm. and I would not want to be there. <laughs> you saved me probably from that path because you were trapped in a lot of patterns patterns that weren't productive. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. yeah. And well, I don't think I, either of us knew that no. or understood it. No. And it's part of growing together and discovering and, one of the ways we've changed over all these years. Well, I brought a lot of baggage because I had so like, like I always joke about the U-Haul and the lesbians, but like I pulled up with like a double wide U-Haul and with my cat and all my luggage and then um, all my baggage from my parents. Like you've, you've done really good. You've handled it very well. I thought of that when I had Renee on, Renee Rivera, 
And she had said something like, because her husband's name is Matt. Mm-hmm. And she said, Matt's are sent from heaven because you know, <laughs> she had a lot of things happen to her. Yeah. And she still has all that. She's still in therapy 15 years later from what happened. Yeah. And, you know, you know, she was the one who was afraid to let her husband, her new husband now take their son because she was afraid like men kill babies. So she had, so he had to deal with that. Like, and he just loves her to the moon and back. Aww. And she had said something like mats are just from heaven. And I was like, I will agree. I will, Aww. I will agree to that. It's so, cause That's she had sweet. said something like we have, we're very lucky to have the mats we have. She actually sent me that in a text. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will agree to that. I will agree to that. She's a sweetheart. Well, thank you. That's very, that's very yeah. kind. Of I didn't want to get all dark and, but I wanted to say that to you. I wanted uh, to say that you. I've had a few great therapy sessions recently with Steve, except I'm at the point now where I'm telling him he looks like <laughs> he's in drag. So that, and he's straight. <laughs> oh, you do video? Yeah, we do and the he, video. And, and he for looks so, like he's in drag. Well, for some reason, when we did our last call, um, he had like the there was something with his camera on his phone or his computers, and his hair was purple and his lips were purple. And I was trying to have this really deep moment. I was like, uh, Steve, you look like a drag queen right now. So I have to in I, reality or in real life video well, problem. It was because oh, it was because of the video. Oh, okay. And he was like, what, what? He's like, you're going to have to text that to me. So then I sent a text to him about it. And I thought, well, he's not Joe. He's not your friend. I'm surprised he gave you his number. He is your, th- I have his business number. Oh. Um, you know, I think I have a problem. Maybe you could talk. This is true. This isn't me trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. I think I have a problem with wanting to be my friends. I wanting to have my therapist be a friend. It happened before well, it's and it's happening now. Because it's anybody you like and you're inter- it turns into the podcast and you're interviewing and you go into Barbara Walters. Mode. Sometimes I think he gets more from me so, than I get from him. I think you just, that's why I think you need to keep doing the podcast. And I hope you don't stop it. Well, it is fun. I think it this brings is, a lot of joy. I think you're good at this. And I think, it, yeah. I just have to. Maybe but I, I think could... it suits you and you need to have this outlet. Because otherwise, you also have these awkward conversations with people in your real life, <laughs> and uh, where you need to interview somebody. I do, <laughs> I do. I don't know why. I don't know, but I find I will find. I will say this: I have a knack of it because I will get some shit out of some people. Maybe you need to find. Can you find a therapist who's boring? Is there one who's not draw has no drama Listen, to be extracted. I tried an old, older Jewish woman. She became my bubby. <laughs> she yeah. had to actually say, "Listen, you guys are on my sofa with my, and we're staying up till four in the morning talking. I can't be your therapist anymore because we didn't know. We were just like, oh yeah. yeah. So now you know." my therapist and I will spend like 10 minutes talking about basketball before we actually start talking about the problems. And thankfully the insurance is paying for it right now. But, yeah. um, cause if I was paying for it, I would be like, hi, time starts. Okay. This is the problem. <laughs> but I'm like, Oh, you have a new cat. Oh, I love your cat. Let me see your other cat. Uh, and so my brain starts thinking, wow, you live in you know, Denver, we could be friends because look at this. We have a great relationship. Yeah. And but really, he is just my therapist. Well, yeah, that's natural, though, for a lot of people when they have a good relationship with a I think with a therapist. What's it called? Transference or something or trans I reflection. I don't know. Something about seeing your 
because they're concerned about you, you unintentionally take that as a oh. signal they like you and want to be your friend because you spend a lot of time right. talking about personal things to you. Mm -hmm. And if you're not conscious of that bias, your you can get captive to this idea that that's what it feels like to have a friend. And oh, in wasn't reality, that a movie? You need a higher level where you're like, oh, this is just a service, and there's a boundary here, right. and yeah, right. yeah. Like he's not he's not allowed to like he not allowed, but he doesn't like um, listen to the podcasts. He doesn't do anything like that because he's like, you know, I, and. Um, and he, yeah, but it's just so funny because I'm always like, after I'm like, oh my God, we could have had that conversation over coffee. Well, see, now and you it would have been change fun. Because the more therapists you go through, the more people you can't be joining your podcast. You're limiting your audience. If you have more therapists, right, you right. Would be limiting the people who could listen but to But he podcasts. would be a fun friend. He goes hiking, he likes basketball. He, um, his wife is a social worker, or his girlfriend's a, I mean, I'm hello. It would be great. Wow. You know a lot. No. Oh, I know a lot. Interesting. Because I can get people to tell me things. I think sometimes he's he he's has to catch done himself. More than he w wishes he had. He's probably shared. I think he's he, probably overshared. I think there's been some moments where he's had to be like, like, oh, I've Joe's very good at getting information. Well, you are. Yeah. So it's like I've noticed. Like I'll I'll, I'll be saying something like, do, you know, did that ever happen to you? And he's like. Well, you know, I'd have experiences, but you oh. know, or, or <laughs> no, he's had experiences dirty. in life. No, <laughs> I'm like, have you ever missed a red light oh, okay. or something like that? Like, yeah, you know, that's that happened or, or he, he, but he doesn't go like, yeah, one time, oh, I just ran and I got a ticket. Like that doesn't happen. But, um, yeah, it happened with, um, with our therapist in Florida. She, we became her friend and. Yeah, she was fabulous. She is fabulous. Yeah. yeah, she's not dead. But then we didn't need a therapist anymore, so it kind of right. worked out. Yeah, it was almost like we graduated, yeah. and then she just became our bubby. She just and cultivated would, a you know mentally well, stable. Yeah, we'd go to two J's with her, and <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah. What if that was the end goal of therapy? They like they were like training you to be so your friend, to be a mentally well, stable person that would be a friend for you. Yeah, you could just like like growing your own friends. Well, sometimes I think my therapist gets as much out of it as I do because he'll say, wow, the way you said that, that, yeah, no. And then I'm like, write it down. You can use it. <laughs> I'm never going to be, I'm not getting my master's degree. So you go ahead and use that. It's good. But I actually write some of the things down. He's the one who, um, where is it? He told me about um, other people's emotions are not your problem. Right. They're not that's your fault. True. You don't own them. That's true. You know, um, another thing that the thing that's a, that's a signal that our society is trying to send us in, a, in the contrary, though, that you're responsible for other people's emotions. Well, that's what you would think, because, you know, everyone's offended by everything. Exactly. So, you know, but it's really not my fault that you're offended. Remember when you were doing the book reading in Washington, D.C.? Don't talk about Are it. Are you responsible so for mad. someone's reaction to what you say? I'm no. so mad at that day. I'm they still mad. Don't make me change. I thought they were going to say, well, you might want to go yeah. out of the room. It was, oh, okay, I'll change my We'll change our whole story. Right. So because we don't you say can't... the magic word that offends you. Well, it, it was a story about rape. And she was like, hi, the well, story yeah. is about rape. If you feel uncomfortable. But they give you know... those warnings, even if it has the word rape in it. Well, I think the, oh, okay. Like they'll be, they're so sensitive now. But it I... acknowledges that suicide exists. Even you see it on TV. You can't even say the word suicide before there's all this fine print where they have to tell you what the hotline number is. You know. Well, that's. 
I truly believe it's to save their butt. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It's a liability thing. Yeah, but it's almost like Jesus. Are we that fragile? I guess we are. I don't know. Well, but it's politically incorrect if you're not that sensitive. I don't know. I um. I mean, I worry about it, but I mean, geez, we can't even say a word anymore. We have to. Oh, it's mandatory text or something. Right. No. All these um, trigger warnings. We can't talk about a subject. Well, I thought I thought it's it was fine. No, but I thought it was fine for them to say this is what this story is about. If anyone feels uncomfortable or doesn't want to hear then it, then you can you, leave. You know, un, right. you know, please step out. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was fifty people in the room. One person didn't want to hear it, so she changed the story. So for, I would have been like, yeah, let me hear it because it's real life. It happens. I that wanna... tells me she felt responsibility for that person's emotions. Right. When you agree to that. Well, they, you remember, I tried to, oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, when you agree to that, you're taking responsibility for that person's emotions. Right. Yeah. Do you, is that good or bad? I don't think it's good. You just told me you learned it's bad. Yeah. Well, you know, when I tried to go back in, so I went in 2016, I tried to go back in 2018, and I had read that story from Fasten Your Seatbelts and Eat Your Fucking Nuts called Operation Tomato Ass, where the woman was a chunkier, heavier set woman, yeah. and- you know, that's the story I read in 2016. Yeah. Everyone was laughing. Yeah. Everyone was laughing. It's and funny. I love that story. It's a great story. I mean, some people are heavy set. What are you going to act right. like? You can't write about it now? Right. You can't, oh, this, perf this, perf this person had the perfect body? No. So, and this wasn't even a story. It was real life. And you weren't saying that that makes it shameful and that they, they should, you know, this is a fact. It was she a fact. A it was yeah. a fact. Yes. What was I saying, though? <laughs> people were offended oh so when i up so when 2018 came around and i had written flight attendant joe you notice i always say the full book name because hello and um i sent i requested to be in the show and they sent me back an email and they were like we would love to have you on the show but we just want to let you know that people were offended by the fat shaming so and i was like shaming first of all there's pictures of me on the stage and i'm I'm husky, so that that's ridiculous. And I wasn't shaming. It was it, it turned me off so much. I had to stand by my integrity and not go. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, I was like, oh no, like I'm not but even going to go. You can't joke now. about that now. Well, you can't really joke about. You can't even say it. Anything. You can't say it. Yeah. Well, you got to be know. really careful. Some some people are. Oh, what's the word? say um sensitive <laughs> yeah some people are very i'm a i'm a sensitive person but i don't get offended even if somebody even if i see the something that is so homophobic and horrific and like i might go god that's tasteless and move on yeah i don't know i think there's some people who get off on making up show of being offended about things I think some people aren't always offended in good faith. Um, yeah, I will agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I also don't like the language offended. Like the, the to say I am offended rather than saying I take offense to this. Because that's the real thing, a verb. I take offense to this. It's about your reaction to what you saw. I take offense to this. Mm -hmm. And you can say that honestly. And it's true. And you're not making any claims about that you can't back up about your own experience. I take offense to this. When you say something is offensive, you say respect, irrespective, objectively offensive, irrespective of me and my opinions, it is offensive. 
Even if I never saw it, it would be offensive. Well, it's that, that true. What makes something offensive? It offended somebody. You have to have a somebody there. It's a, that's what subjectivity is. It's a subjective term. Something can't be offensive. You can be offended by something. And that doesn't mean that things aren't bad or, you know, really, you know, nasty and we shouldn't avoid them. And, but to, when we use the language of calling things objectively offensive, mm -hmm. then you don't have to defend it. You can just say, I, I think that's offensive and you shouldn't show it to anybody. Well, 99 other people think it's, are not offended by it. Mm -hmm. And we should all be able to have a laugh. Don't you, what do you think about that as a comedian? Well, I don't think, I don't think that, um, if somebody says a joke is offensive, if it doesn't hit you that way, you're not offended by it you can laugh at it. That's not the joke that's offensive. It's the person's response that's offended. Right. And they can't make any claims other than that they were offended. What they're asking is we're all offended by this, right? I, when I call it, that's offensive. We're all going to agree that we're all offended by this. And you Who's shouldn't we? be. Just the just, royal we, yeah. Okay. When you say it is objectively offensive, that's just a false, logically false thing. Nothing can be objectively offensive. You have to have an offender, a person who is offended to make it offensive. And it depends on who that person is. Yeah, I don't... Um, Sorry, it, that's a rant. About I don't even semantics. know what you were saying. Sorry. Yeah, oh my God. My head my head exploded. Thank God I have a skull. That's boring. You'd probably just edit that out. No, they're going to just, that. they're going to hear everything. Um, I, yeah, you, you took us into outer space, man. They got too nerdy. <laughs> outer space. Look at you flying high in the sky. Well, someone's in outer space. That should be the new, um, SpaceX song. Oh, they need a new song. I don't know. They're going to need one now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's just stupid. Um, all right. I think that's going to be it. Oh, the, well, it was fun. Thank you for having well, me. Well, wait a minute. I want you to play my new game. Let's oh. get grounded where it's a new kind of game, but it's the same game. It's just a little Is different. This is where I bolt a copper wire to a pipe to my leg. God, no, this isn't steampunk podcast. No, I mean like grounded, electrically grounded. If oh, I were put no, a, wire, ground. a copper Listen, wire to my leg. It's a play plumbing. on words. Oh, okay. Sometimes Sorry. things don't work out. All right. Pick a no <laughs> Has anyone ever taken that? Yeah. What? <laughs> the electrical engineering term of grounded. No, no one's ever flight attendant Joe. No one's ever thought of that. <laughs> they knew what they they knew what it meant. Oh, flight attendant Joe. Oh no, now it's Joe Thomas. Well, That's you right. could say flight it's attendant a new name. Joe. Uh, no, you could say well the podcast the is podcast a new game, has but a new name now, I'm so always going to be flight attendant Joe. I'm just not going to be writing about being a flight attendant anymore because I'm not a flight attendant. All right, so pick a number between one. Okay, wait a minute. I just want to go back. When I mumble at the end of a sentence, I really feel like a radio broadcaster. So, all right, now pick a number from one to 100. 15, because that's the number of years we've been married. Okay, that's the one that Renee picked. She picked 15, oh. too. Okay, no, it's fine. It's fine. No, there's so many questions. Okay, 15. What book, TV show, or documentary or movie has impacted your life? There's only one that has impacted me? Yeah, what is one? Oh. Or what is one um, book, movie, documentary? What else is on there? Sh TV show that has impacted your life? 
Uh, the Simpsons had a big impact on my life. Uh, yeah. It was really good satire. It kind of taught me sarcasm and satire. Mm, yeah. yeah. Wow. And I kind of model it's the for me it's my original reference for satire. Okay. Is the Simpsons of the nineties. And they did a lot of good timeless humor. Mm-hmm. So that helped me form a sense of humor, I think. That's why that was influential. Cool. What a great answer. Yeah. Wow. That's oh, really good. good. I'm glad I got that one right. Oh, that was good. That was way better than one of the last times that you the picked one about the, the flight Arno. to Australia. I had a very good reason for my pick. Because it was on a LA to, LA to Sydney flight. So you picked not even. Oh, my God. All would right. it have been better if I picked Kylie Minogue? I would have thought it was weird that you said her. But then when you would have said, oh, it's because the flight was to Australia. Don't I have to pick a celebrity from Australia? Uh, then all the then all the cards would have come crashing down. <laughs> Thank you, Shmoopy. I love you. You're so much fun to I talk to. You. Okay, this okay. was fun. Aww. Yeah, all I right. love you. I love all you right. too. Bye. Okay. If you enjoyed this episode of Grounded with Joe Thomas, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow the Instagram page at Grounded with Joe Thomas on, you guessed it, Instagram. Tell all your friends, and we will see you next episode.